This is Great Disturbances, a Star Wars podcast. Each week, hosts Rich and Paul discuss Star Wars media, no matter what form it takes. All right, everybody, welcome back to Great Disturbances. I am Rich. And I am Paul. And I the only reason I dragged that out is because I was trying to remember if if our music <laughs> your, says Great Disturbances name? at the beginning. <laughs> And in fact, it does. So yes. this this will go down in in our podcast history as the worst intro of all time. And it was all me. I know. And it was. And it's I all know. on you. It's my fucking. Even point. though, I, even though, here's the thing. Yeah. Even though you're the one who like crafts these great like <laughs> summaries every time that we use or whatever, we're still just putting the blame right on your fucking face. <laughs> you know. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. I, I don't know how great this next one is. Yeah, so we're we're talking today about uh, the last of the comic book adaptations of the, as Paul calls it, seminal Timothy Zahn novels, the Heir to the Empire novels. So we we covered yeah. we've covered Heir to the Empire, we've covered uh, Dark Force Rising, and today we wrap that up with the Last Command. The which, Last uh, Command. The the final order. Wait a minute. Holy fuckballs. Son of a bitch. <laughs> this, this just got interesting. Speaking of rabbit holes, as you mentioned, I have a, uh, I have a summary that I wrote. I wrote up, and there, there's so much in this book and so much in the comic. that There's a lot jammed into these comics. Yeah. More yeah. so than in the other two, um, yes. two miniseries. Yes. And because this last novel is like a good hundred pages longer than the other ones. Oh, okay. It, it, it's, <laughs> there's so much more to it. And, and so, it has to, it has to tie off all the things that started. Right, right. Right. Yeah. Well, most of it anyway. I mean, cause you know, there, there there's, well, I guess, did they know that they were going to continue on after this arc or had they already started to continue on after this? Well, the, yeah, book wise. I, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure they knew. I'm sure they knew they were they were going to have more novels, right. and I don't mean tie off in terms of like end the story entirely, but just tie off sure. the the threads that this story starts, right? Sure. Oh, okay, I got you. Know you. What I mean, I see. tie off the plots that were started from this one, right? I see. Okay, I understand. <laughs> yeah, I, I, have, I completely I some, misunderstood that. <laughs> I have no, but I actually wrote down some things pursuant to what you just said. But I want to make sure that we, for our listeners' sake, we get the the patented Rich Davenport. Uh, summarization out there before we dive into that and maybe we can we can jump on that as the first first thing is the the compactness the packed nature of this of this stuff right okay okay but, but let's do a summary I, I move that we do a summary first okay uh, i will second that motion uh motion carried gavel gavel carried, gavel gavel all right after his victory at the battle for the katana fleet thrawn begins to roll out his end game to wipe out the new republic with Skywalker-obsessed Mad Jedi Joris Sabalth in tow, he heads for he heads for Yukio. I think that's how you say it, and it sounds like the Mr. Miyagi's girlfriend from Karate Kid Part Two. Oh yeah, <laughs> where the next battle will take place. There, Sabalth senses Leia's presence and sends a squadron to intercept her. Luke continues his search for the cloning facilities, and Mara convalesces on Coruscant. Luke ends up on the Nagre homeworld, where he while. Well, and while he's there, Leia goes into labor with the birth uh, and, and births the twins, Jason and Jaina. Winter, Leia's handmaiden, is suspicious of Mara, believing the former assassin to be a spy. Mara confesses that she was actually once the Emperor's hand, which is so much worse than just a spy, right? <laughs> I wasn't a spy. Actually, that's a lot worse. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I, was, I was a spy slash assassin. And she reveals that she might know the location of the Emperor's cloning facilities on the planet Wayland. The main cast, minus Leia, so that would be Luke, Lando, Han, Chewie, 3PO, R2, and Mara, decide that they're going to go to Wayland to stop Thrawn from getting his hands on the cloning tech that he needs to crew the Katana fleet. Meanwhile, Talon Card is present during the second battle of the Bilberingi shipyards. There, Thrawn steals asteroids that, will be, that he will use to lay siege to Coruscant. He sends Sabalth to Wayland and takes the rest of his fleet to Coruscant for a surprise attack in which they launch asteroids that are cloaked around Coruscant, forcing the seat of the New Republic to use their planetary shields and effectively cutting them off and stranding Leia there. Han and the others find the cloning facilities on Wayland, lay explosive charges, 
and lay explosive charges while Luke and Mara head for the throne room where they meet Sabauth, or more accurately, his clone. Sabauth reveals that he's not the only clone in the room, and Luke comes face to face with Luke, only with two U's. <laughs> a, clone, a clone made from Luke's severed hand from Cloud City, complete with his father's lightsaber. Luke and Mara fight Luke with two U's, and Mara fulfills Leak. Leak. and Mara fulfills her destiny to kill Luke Skywalker by slaying the clone. They then fight Sabaoth, and Mara dispatches him as well. Meanwhile, Thrawn returns to the Bilbringi and engages Rogue Squadron there. He is fought to a standstill, and as Sabaoth meets his end, so does Thrawn, assassinated by a Nograi spy, taking vengeance for years of slavery. As the light dims in his eyes, Thrawn laments that he thought it was all so artistic. Later, Luke offers Mara a chance to train with him and a spot on the New Republic, or in the New Republic, I should say, along with his old lightsaber. She accepts as our story comes to a close. So yeah, so the first point you brought up, and I, which I also wrote down, was that this, so this, because this was six books again, just like the other right. uh, novels, yep. Yep. right? Six or six, this was six issues of a comic book, I should say, right. just to be clear. Yep. But it was so much more densely packed yeah, Jesus. And I didn't, I, I didn't have as much of a problem with like, because I think the first set that we did, Heir to the Empire, had a pacing problem, right? Of too many jumpies and, and yeah. stuff like that. The second one found a pretty good balance, I thought, of that pacing stuff. Yeah, the second really set, the uh, the um, not the last commander, Heir to the Empire, but um, Dark Force Rising. Dark Force Rising. Thank you. Yeah, no um, but this one. It, it almost, it wasn't necessarily the pace or it was the pace in a different way. It wasn't like, it wasn't like a cut too much. It's just that there were so many things going on. I think it was like, there were so many facts being thrown around, like new yeah. planets, characters, yeah. all this kind of stuff. I, I, I got a little like fatigued almost. Yeah. Kind of getting, getting through it. It, it, it kind of hit that limit of, for me where like there's got to be like a page limit of there's got to be like not a page limit but like a if you're going to adapt a novel that's let's say 500 pages long you need x number of pages of comic book to right. really cover it more or less right yeah. everything would bend and flex a little bit but sure. they, it seemed like they wanted to stay with six issues and that just made it a little too dense to follow i'd have to agree with that yeah 100% agree with that because I mean, there were uh, there were a couple times, mostly in the latter few issues, where you would turn the page and literally run into practically a wall of text. Yeah, and and no room really for the art because there was so much that they had to get across. Yeah, and and it felt like it was just ten pounds of shit crammed into an eight pound bag. Yeah, no, not the most part it was shit, but you know what I mean. No, yeah, the the that old adage of ten pounds of shit in an eight pound bag. <laughs> You know what I? You know what I? I was thinking about this as I was because I used the, I used I just got my iPad and I used the Comicsology app on the iPad versus using the web browser on my computer, right? Beautiful. And, yeah. But it, it, regardless of those tools, what I really thought to myself was, you know what I would love is a feature in Comicsology. I know it wouldn't be free to do this, right? It'd be insanely expensive, but I would love to have almost like an X-ray mode for a comic, where I could where I could hit a little button. And then it would like, I could have like, so visually it would be something like all of, it just get like a bunch of outlines versus all colored in. And then I have all of the names of the people and places in that panel. <laughs> and then I can yeah. click on them or tap on them or whatever and right. get A, just general information like Wikipedia kind of stuff. But sure. B, kind of information about what, where this person is in this arc right now too. Right. Because there were times where I'd see just, I don't know, this is not like, it was hard to follow where people were at certain times too. Yeah. Yeah. And I would have loved to see, Oh, this is Talon card. And he just came from Bill Bringy yep. and ran into, you know, his ex-girlfriend or whatever. And it was really bad. Right. right? <laughs> <laughs> or something like that, you know, yeah. just, just like, just to help with all that stuff. Cause like, this is and this is like already I'm off the rails of Star Trek, Star Wars right now, but um, that would also help me like because I love to I love to I don't if I want to read if I want to start reading when you recommend let's say some some arc of X Men mm -hmm. right or something like that mm -hmm. 
and you're like, dude, you should read this because blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, sweet. I hate jumping in because even though I have sort of general X-Men knowledge all yeah. over the place, I've read the book back when a number of times and I've borrowed things from you here and there since then. So I, I know a lot about X-Men. Yeah. But if, I, if you jump in and start some arc somewhere, oh, yeah. comics, comics do not like chop off the ends of their arcs. You know what I mean? Like no, no, you no. have to know the things that just happened. Yeah. Even if the big story was kind of resolved, you have to know right. the things that happened. So, right. So yeah. if I'm going to, if I'm going to start on all new X-Men and Cyclops is wearing that weirdo X thing over his eyes, <laughs> I didn't know that that was, I'd be like, what the fuck is that? You know what I mean? Like yeah. you need that to, to, to be able to come in and like kind of get your feet under you and going. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I like fucking, you know, Christmas wish list for somebody to like make that feature. But I would love that. You know, I'll bet that probably wouldn't be as difficult to implement as you think, because if you ever watch, do you ever watch prime video on like your iPad or your iPhone? Yeah. If you touch the screen while the show's going on or a movie's going on, it will tell you actors. It will give you trivia. Mm-hmm. It'll give you all the stuff that pops up on IMDb and you can click <clears throat> on that stuff right now. It takes you out of, the, the show and brings you to IMDb to sure. look at that stuff. But sure. it probably would not be that difficult to do that. It would just be time consuming. You'd have to pay somebody out. You have to pay to people to go tag stuff. the panels and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I would, I have God, that sounds like a fantastic idea. So Amazon, if you're listening. Yeah. Amazon, gotta, by the way, cause you own Comixology anyway right now. So get right. your shit together and do it. Yeah. yeah no shit. Please, Amazon. I would love here's, it. Thank you. Here's the thing, Amazon. You owe Paul money for this idea now. So yeah, yeah. Don't fucking do it. Copyright, Don't do it, um, Amazon. Copyright, trademark, IP, <laughs> um, patent, <laughs> pending, verbal uh, NDA. Right now, there we go. Done. It's all there. It's just like on Facebook. If you write, if you, if you've seen those stupid bullshit things, where like I hereby, yeah, revoke rights for Facebook to whatever. Like <laughs> that doesn't count. You can't do that. You can't that's just declare how, bankruptcy. That's not how that's not how laws work no. or contracts. Don't post those things, people. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I like every time I see somebody post something like that, I automatically take into consideration who I'm talking to. <laughs> like, like I automatically go, you're got like, it. I, I know like, where you're at now. You're like, Grandma, you can't do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> grandma, grandma, you are. Tom, <laughs> just kidding. Just and, kidding and actually, I'm totally, I love you. I'm totally kidding because I still have both my grandmas and they're not dumb and they would not fall for that kind of stuff either. They're, they're wonderful, intelligent women. We'll see. There you so go. I just want to make sure on the off, 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 off chance that they ever hear this, which they won't, they never will. Um, <laughs> grandma and grandma, I do not think you're idiot. Women. No. Thank Neither you. of us think yeah. that you're idiots, grandmas. <laughs> you're perfect. You guys are perfect in every way, shape, and form. And Paul loves you very much. Those you know women what? are those women are saints. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what, grandmas? I love you too. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Saved. Oh God. I was gonna be in so much trouble. Score. <laughs> so is is Sabouth using battle meditation at the beginning of this? You consider that battle meditation what he was doing during the uh, what was the name of that planet? See, I kind of wonder if the that that might be where battle meditation comes from. Because I suppose it came Kevin, out before that. Because Kevin Anderson is really the one who like kicked battle meditation up a notch in terms of, or kicked it out into the world, right? Right, right. Where because because that was uh, you know Nomi Nomi Sunrider and. Uh, whoever else in those tales of the Jedi. Yeah. <clears throat> and the other guy too, I forget. That's her master. Wasn't it? Yeah. You know, you know what we should have is we should have a thing where we could tap on this, like your face and, yeah. and like, it would tell me what Paul's thinking. About. <laughs> it would tell me like where, where I'm struggling to remember <laughs> the thing, but, 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 but since tales of the Jedi and mm-hmm. the Jedi Academy stuff and all that stuff is after this, yeah. like you kind of wonder, maybe that's where battle meditation came from interesting okay and and you know what i was looking on wikipedia for some other little bit of thing i was curious about yeah did did you know that the thrawn trilogy this this trilogy right here is where coruscant comes from 
Coruscant is not mentioned until Timothy's on. Nice. So, yeah. so Lucas basically took it. He took Coruscant. Yeah, from- that's like that's the thing. And, and then oh, so then yeah. a few a few years after this, here comes Phantom Menace. Right. And and Coruscant's all over the place, right? So yeah, this, this is one of those things where. Like, of course, the, I mean, Lucas is a genius to allow this stuff to, to come in because then he yeah. gets that stuff to use in his films and further things, too. Well, and then, okay, so that makes not just Lucas. Lucas does the exact same thing that Disney now is doing, where they're pulling in the stuff that's obviously the really good stuff. The good stuff. From the, from yeah. the former expanded universe. Yeah. And bringing it into current day. Which actually, so there's I mean, a, there's a trend there. There's a trend there, and like you kind of can't blame them either, right? Oh, because at huh. some point, because at some point, like take you know Superman or whatever, Superman got a reboot in '86 or '85 or whatever, and like right. at some point you need reboots, otherwise it's like, yeah, okay, Clark Kent has been a reporter for 86 years now, <laughs> and well, well, he is Kryptonian, so. yeah. And everyone else is like still chilling too. Like any, yeah. when he started, they all had horses or, you know, whatever they didn't really, but you know, like, <laughs> and now they fly spaceships to all their stories, right? Like that's something is not right here. Right. You need, you need reboots and you need sort of culling. Mm-hmm. If your thing is going to be, I'm going to keep these characters and stories alive as long as people will pay money to see them. Right. You need right. that culling kind well, of thing anyway. And I mean, especially now look at like yeah. in the eighties, those comics were getting up there in years now yeah. it's 30 years later, 35 years later, and they're at, they're <laughs> at, th- they're in the thousands now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Action comics and detective comics, both breach. They're in the thousands, thousands now. Yeah. So, I mean, that many years of continuity, that can weigh something down, you know? That, that so it needs a cleansing. Yeah. It's an enema. It's an enema for <laughs> Crisis on Infinite it's Earth a, was an enema for the. Was this, it, I mean, yeah, it was. Kind of. <laughs> really. You know? <laughs> they killed off everybody. I said this last time, and I and I still think speaking about like taking things from from non-canon and putting them into canon, I, I this just solidifies for me. Mara Jade is a great character. And Man, what a great character! Yeah, she should be what part of this existing universe in some way. Shape yeah, form, you know. Yeah, so, like you gotta. I mean, you gotta think that there's some way they're gonna bring her in. Right. Like she there's... like she kills off Sabaoth and. Luke with two years. The, the Luke. Yeah, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> I don't if you, know. I don't if know you think the... about it, if you think about it, there's plenty of space for her to exist. Yeah. Either, either a, 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 in the current current you know continuity, right. there's plenty of space for RJ to exist. Either, um, as a character who then is post Ray Skywalker, right? Or, in the intervening years between Return of the Jedi. And mm-hmm. Force Awakens, right? There's yeah. plenty of time there. There's plenty yeah. of time for yeah. there to be a ton of stuff that happens. And then by the time Force Awakens happens and Luke has fucked off to Octo or whatever, yeah, like Mara can be killed in action or leave and do something else or whatever. Like there's still plenty of like continuity time to do all kinds of cool things with her. Mar- Mara could be one of the people that dies at the Jedi Temple. Yeah. I mean, right? come on. I mean, that's probably, um, that has got to be already in somebody's head for Fuck, that. Dude. You, know what I mean? you know, I was thinking about this as I was reading this, is that they should, you know, they do all these animated series that take place right before Star Wars, right, right, yeah. you know, right yeah. after Clone Wars. Yeah. They, they should do a, an animated series that takes place after Return of the Jedi, encompasses this, or at least some version of this, because we've already got Thrawn, right? Yeah. And, and somehow make it so that, this fits into the narrative post Jedi, like you said, before Rise of Sky or um, before Force Awakens, and make it make it mean something. Make Luke's departure mean something. Make it yeah, you know, like put it yeah. all put it all together. Bring it together. They like can- you could you could easily like I'm just kind of spitballing here. It wouldn't be hard to fit this in. Mm-mm. The only thing that would be weird. And you could you could just tweak this one little bit, mm-hmm. or keep it the same, and just make it, other things happen too. Is mm-hmm. there's Jason and Jaina, right? Who right, are born. right. Just make that Ben. Yeah, make that Ben. Just make it Ben, mm-hmm. and the rest of the stuff can just fit. Nothing else happens, I don't think, that wrecks movie continuity. So like, you could easily you could easily take the Thrawn shit. 
that'd be really cool. You could easily take the Thrawn trilogy, make some better stuff, animated series, movies, whatever, yeah. games. How cool would a game or two be with this stuff too? Yeah, we need more <laughs> games that take place after Return of the Jedi. Yeah. There, so if you've ever played Battlefront 2, it does take place between Return of the Jedi and and um, The oh, Force okay. Awakens. So if you ever get a chance to play that, you should play that. Okay, that's good. I'm sorry, what were you going to say? I just I just hooked up my PS4 again. I found nice. It on the, I was on the floor where I was doing a bunch of work stuff for ages and ages. But I just hooked it back up, so I, I'm like ready to go do that. Nice, man. So, okay. Another thing that came through my head was some, and this is like, this is not a complaint, although it is a point of order or whatever. Something can be good for a short-term plot, but bad for the overall mechanics of a universe. Okay. So take, for example, the Holdo Maneuver. That, was, that made for a brilliant thing in terms of just that film. That was, that was amazing. That was so cool. I loved the visuals of it. Yeah. I loved how they made that happen, right? But as soon as you, as soon as you sort of extrapolate that out into the rest of like what has to go on in the larger universe or whatever you're like that that can't be what happened because if that worked hyperdrive missiles would be the only thing anybody ever used in a battle if that worked there's no need to hit a two meter wide exhaust port with proton torpedoes you just launch a bunch of hyperdrives at the death star and you're done yeah if that if that worked there's no like you could just you you take out a star destroyer with like a little baseball sized hyperdrive or whatever that blasts through it and rips it apart. So what I'm saying is like the Holdo maneuver works works so well, but you can't have it be all over the place. So the reason I, anyway, so the reason I bring that up is I kind of think that the little the lizard guys that are that block the force mm-hmm. the, are uh, the same are Salamiri. the the Salamiri. I think those are the same kind of thing. Okay. And the reason I say that is they work great for this story. I love I love the use of them in the yeah. story. But if such creatures existed in the hundreds of thousands of years of like space travel and all this force usage and all this stuff through the galaxy, they would either be commonplace and everybody would have them, or some ancient Jedi or Sith whatever would have wiped that planet out mm-hmm. off the map. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because sense. because. They, they go to pains early on to say, well, you can't transport them because they have special claws or whatever in their, in their native trees, right? right? But by the end of the story, stormtroopers are walking around mm-hmm. with them on their shoulders. Yeah. Effectively preventing Jedi or Sith or whoever from like blasting those people with the force. Right. right. So like, like something so powerful like that against something that's relatively commonplace in the, in the galaxy would either be everywhere or be destroyed, I think, by this point. That, that, that's, my only, that's my only point, is that okay. sometimes these things have, those, have that shape to them. Right. Cool for a story, maybe breaks the universe a little bit, depending on how you... Depending on how, <laughs> depending on how ornery you want to be about the mechanics. <laughs> right? right, right, right. Yeah. Because right. on the other hand, it's like, who cares? Just shut up and enjoy it. <laughs> well, I suppose we could always take that tack, but that's never really been our MO. That's, that so, doesn't work for us, though. Right. So have we ever seen the Yasalamiri in anything else? I can't remember I them. don't think so. I'm trying hard to remember I mean, I'm, the past vision. I bet, you they probably, and, uh, I bet you they probably do in some respect that yeah. we are just not aware of, but I don't remember them being anywhere else. And it's probably because, oh. like, they are it's probably also because of like the novelty of it is hard to reproduce too right in other words if those were something that were now sort of in play everywhere yeah it would make so many things so hard to do story wise they're kind of like these little jedi or sith MacGuffins almost yeah where, like yeah. if you can if you can like if you're like mr bad person mm-hmm. or mrs bad person like all you got to do is like go to your elementary local elementary dealer, <laughs> pick up a couple of them for you and your crew, and then you can walk get the around, new model. <laughs> you can walk around unmolested by all these force users walking around. Right. You know. I think the problem with them is that there is no counter for them. Yeah. Like how how do you counter that? How do you? I mean, if your power is the force, the force. Really, your only your only option is to either disengage or 
murder that creature in order to yeah. be able to manipulate whatever you need to manipulate. Which which winds up being with what Sabath does at the end. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he kills them all, doesn't he? He kills them all, in the, all the ones on that planet anyway. Yeah, on uh, Wayland. So while you were talking about that, I'm going to get us off track again because this is what we do. Um, but Rich, we were so on track. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do such a thing? So do they, is there time travel in Star Wars? Not that I can think I've ever seen. Yeah, I was thinking about this. Like, I was thinking about Star Trek. Uh, I might piss off a few of our listeners if they're strictly Star Wars people and not Star Trek people, but I like both. So yeah. I, I'm, going to, I'm yeah. going to, yeah, I'm going to mix my, my metaphors here. In, not really metaphors, but you know what I mean. Yeah. In Star Trek, it's, it's rampant. I mean, there's, it's all the time. There's <laughs> always time travel. Looping. Every series, there's a time travel. Yeah. And, 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 Every movie series, there's time travel. I mean, in it's Next like, Generation, there's like six different stories. <laughs> yeah, play, right? they're yeah. like, "Well, you did it once in the in the original yeah. series. We're gonna one up you. We're gonna six up you." What you if- broke the seal, and I did. Now it's everywhere, right? <laughs> and the, I mean, the whole the new the right. new the newest set of movies are based on a time travel <laughs> right. anomaly. So out of the Next Generation series you know. too, they based on that. It's like God, God. Oh, anyway, so so my point in bringing that up is. You mentioned the Holdo maneuver and how that kind of breaks things, right? That, and then you said something that I really keyed on. You said nobody would need to shoot proton torpedoes at a two-meter hole exhaust port, right? Yeah. What, what, what if there was time travel in the Star Wars universe and someone took that Holdo maneuver idea after having it having been implemented 30 years post- you know, New Hope. Post the Battle of Yavin, yeah. Right. And traveled back to the Battle of Yavin. And, and they were like, guys, just do this. Got an idea. Why don't point, point your X-Wing at the thing and just hit the gas. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Hit the gas, go for it, right? <laughs> How would that change things, right? Like that would... That'd be a great little Infinities series yeah. right there, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would. I think they should do that. Because I mean, because back here's, here's 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 the bad thing about that yeah. is that if that and which is why like JJ had to kind of stamp on it, stomp on it in uh, Rise of Skywalker. Because if that was possible and it was good or it worked, then you don't even need like giant planet killer. Yeah, um, yeah. planet killer. Ships, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you want to attack Coruscant, just like launch a few fucking fighters at it that and have them kick their hyperdrive in at the last minute. A few Star Destroyers, boom. Blow, blow a hole in Coruscant, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, Hmm. I guess I didn't then, really think of that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it, like, you have to be, it, it would make for a great Infinities thing, but you have to be careful, too. You, if you were smart about putting some constraints on it somehow, like, maybe Holdo could pull it off, but only because she had some, like, little vial of exotic matter that made it so that she could jump to hyperspace but leave that matter in real space and be drag and have it be dragged through so like right? a macguffin of some sort yeah. like <laughs> another macguffin right <laughs> weird in a, in a series that's built on macguffins come on yeah so, so okay yeah okay so i'm gonna bring us back i'm gonna bring us back now that i've thrown us bring into the time, back, the time the time travel thing i'm yeah. gonna bring it back a little bit because i want to talk about luke han leia and chewy they're still rebels they're still they're still rebels on the outside of even like like at one point han and everybody else leaves and they go to leia and they're like hey where's everybody else and she's like oh they went to wayland and they're like what Um, the fuck (laughs) like mom mom, hold up hold up (laughs) go make sure they get out of here okay i know and and it's like and it's like (laughs) leia is so savvy that she's just like she just pulls it off, right? right She's right. like, "Well, they all left, and they're doing this other thing that nobody wanted them to do." So, <laughs> so deal, so deal, deal with it. Yeah, God you know? damn and, it, then, Leia and then Mon Mothma is like, "Well, I guess okay, we'll deal with it." You know, like she's been dealing like, with oh, it for like years brig now. or anything. You know, yeah. they're just like, eh, "Okay." Mon Mothma's <laughs> been dealing with Leia's shit for you know <laughs> right. years now, and Han's shit. And, and honestly, with somebody like Princess Leia, yeah, or and, and whether she's a princess or not at that point, but. They keep calling her princess. <laughs> yeah, like so. I don't. I don't understand what her title is. So whatever. No. Um, but with somebody like her, 
Mm-hmm. If, sh- if somebody like you should just kind of be like, oh, you're scheming something. We should probably do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she seems she, to have good she, ideas, guys. She's, she's like uncannily on the right side of everything always. <laughs> Yeah. Like let's just forceability. Do you do you think we should just do what she did said? Yeah, let's just do that. Yeah, you know. Like, yeah. Once they once they realize that she is she is strong in the force and that she has these hunches that tend to pan out, they should be listening should to her like, more. Yeah, do what she said. Yeah, be like, they should be like, what should be happening is, guys, I don't think we should do this. Wait, hold on, Leia, what do you think? Hold on, I think we should do this. All right, let's do that. Yeah, or you know, it'd be funny. Is just like <laughs> pointing her sort of unwittingly at crises. Right? <laughs> so something bad happens, and you're like, "Well, she's strong with the force, and she's this great diplomat, and whatever." Yeah. Like, let's just like, if something bad is going down on you know Corellia or whatever, yeah, let's get her there by some other means that she doesn't really know, and then she just by virtue of her awesomeness and her force powers, right. she'll just solve the thing anyway. So like, let's just get her there somehow. <laughs> Oops. 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 We, we, oh no, we the Millennium Falcon. That again. Oh, that went, it went off course and you wound up at Corellia. And while you're there, by the way, you know, there's Thanks. this planetary crisis. Security there. Maybe, uh, maybe want to help out with this. So another thing about Luke specifically mm-hmm. is that during this story, he felt like he was much more present. Mara says, well, I'm going to kill you. And he's like, you might, but we still got to do this. So, you know, yeah. kill me if you got to, but we're going to go do this. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, 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 uh, he's like, know, that's I- like, that's like number eight on my list right now. So right. Get in line. Right. So he's very yeah. much very present, which, which, you know, Yoda is always after him in empire and, or empire and, and Jedi about not being focused on the now. Yeah, he's always yeah. looking ahead, right? He's always yep. looking away from, never, never his mind was on where he was or what he was doing. But in this story, he was very much there. That's um, a great point. Yeah. I, I, That's a great point. I loved that about this. And, and Timothy Zahn wrote it really well, too, to make yeah. it feel like Luke very much has this sense of like, He's you can you can you can imagine him when he's not when he's off screen or off panel, right? Mm-hmm. He's just like doing his Jedi meditation and chilling and like and he's like as he's going about doing stuff, he just is like okay, I'm going here. Oh mm-hmm. that feels funny. I'm not gonna do that. Like he's so he's so in the moment with stuff. Yes. He's so yeah. and he's he's like chill about it too, mm-hmm. you know. Like you said with the I'm gonna kill you, he's like, Well, okay, you know. I might want to kill me too. I'm kind of a dick, but whatever, right? Or, <laughs> he's 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 like that's okay. That's part of what I have to deal with now. Right. Well, he says he says something. She says, uh, you know, I'm you know I'm going to kill you, and he goes, eh, you might. And he's just like, but we got to go. We got to go and deal with this situation. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's amazing too because that's such a good point. And I remember I remember thinking along not not on this not on the being present. But I do remember thinking when I read the novels, I was like, ah, oh, man, what a great bridge into feeling like Luke really is growing into his Jedi powers. Yeah. You know? Yes. Because yep. when I, yeah, because, yeah, man. Because even though he's not fully, even though he's kind of still searching around for like, mm-hmm. hey, do you know anything about the Jedi? What did they do? You know, he's, he right. doesn't know anything. He's just like, he has to invent yeah. the order himself, basically, because all the information is destroyed, whatever. Right. But you get this sense that he's like, He's he kept up he kept doing push-ups every day, right? Right, right. Yeah. Force push-ups, you know. <laughs> um, absolutely. And and he's and he's like his man. I always thought too that his 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 abilities to like sense things got so much better in this book in these books. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, Yeah, there's yeah. six people over here and there's four people up there. Yeah. About thirty meters away or whatever. He'd say something like that, right? Yep. And you're like, man, that seat just seems so like force attuned oh well when ah, he, good point yeah when he gets to well, when he gets to coruscant he gets there and leia is in distress and he's like oh better go see leia and he just like goes right over to her you know like he just senses it. he just knows it as he gets yeah there, you know yeah. it's not like uh in 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 it seems like a natural evolution of his ability 
Yeah. Right. Like he might not be master yet because like you said, he is still looking, he's still searching. He's still not quite sure. And he even confesses that to Mara at one point or another that, you yeah. know, I mean, I, I need to do this, but I'm not even a hundred percent sure how I'm going to, or if I'm going to be able to teach, you know, Leia's kids. Yeah. Yeah. Know? And, and that's, I mean, that's how he like gets her to like be okay with him teaching her a little bit, you know? I, I just, I loved that evolution. And I can see where that evolution, if we're talking about still fitting this into after Jedi pre, uh, Force, pre Awakens. Force Awakens, yeah. I can see where that could go awry, mm -hmm. right? Like he could get to this point where he's like, all right, I think I'm ready. I'm going to make this, I'm going to make this Jedi temple. And then it all falls apart. And I think Mara dying in that Jedi temple thing would be an extra little kick towards him. Right. And I mean, and that, like, God, that's I'm, a good point because, because like there, like as soon as he starts making them like a Jedi temple and he, maybe he falls in love with Marjorie or whatever, like all of a sudden his thoughts are going back toward the future. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. all of a sudden he's, he might be trapped in thinking about the future so much that he sort of loses that, that Qui-Gon Jinn now-ness of yeah. like whatever. Right. Yeah, Qui-Gon was a pretty was a was a very calm Jedi. Yeah. He, he didn't he didn't worry so much about what was going to happen. He was only dealing with what was happening right that moment. Yeah. And he just kind of, I don't know, like bobbed and weaved, you know. Yeah. Mara, for her part, she's a badass chick before Buffy was a badass chick. Yeah. yeah she's kind true. of a she's kind of a post Ellen Ripley pre Buffy Summers badass yeah. chick. Yeah. For Gen X, right? Yeah. Just the fact that she don't need no Jedi to help her. She's going to kick Svalth's ass herself, and she's going to kill the clone of Luke Skywalker, which you would think that Luke would be the one that would kill him, right? Yeah, yeah, you he would. He has yep. to dispatch that. But no, it's not him. It's her, which actually kind of speaks to what her role is going to be later in his life, right? She's going to be integral in him kind of shedding that, that past and, looking towards yeah the bit, yeah right? it does that it does that nice thing too of like that very common story thing i forget we call it where the the oracle at delphi says you're going to kill your mother and you're like no i'm not then you wind up killing your mother that kind of stuff right right, right because because, of your, because um, like destiny she's like i'm gonna kill luke skywalker and she mm -hmm. she does but it's not the way you think right right, right. which by the way her hearing the emperor say you will kill Luke Skywalker, all that kind of stuff. I was just finishing the the last episode or the last issue of mm -hmm. this arc and putting my some of my notes together, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's the last command." Like I did, I was I had not recalled what that meant. Fuck! I never put that together, not even because, a little bit. I was still wondering no. <laughs> what the last. I thought of it. I thought of it as like. The command of the the empire, the, the, the yes, person in command of the empire. That was what I thought too. Rod, okay, that was what I thought too. Until and I remember this when I read the novel too, because it didn't happen until the end that I was like, oh yeah, I think I oh that's what the last command is, because that's uh, that's that's the the last command is you will kill Luke Skywalker. But I thought it was like the last like the last bastion of the empire, the last thing right. that people can command, or the last you know whatever. But right. it's like the emperor's last command is the thing. Cause that's, cause that last command is what ties together. That's what, that's what brings the, that's what brings it to a close in both meeting the prophecy or prophecy. It's not really a prophecy, but the, it right. meets the, the thing, right. But also actually does the right thing with it. You know what I mean? Dude, you just blew my fucking mind. I like for like decades now, I have thought that the last command was Thrawn's last command, like his last his last assignment, right? His last oh, right. was yeah. like this fleet of starters. This campaign, and, like to, his campaign. Yeah, to, yeah. yeah. No, no, you just fucking come in here, and just fucking. I took a dump in your brain, didn't you I? Took a dump right in my brain. You're like, nope, <laughs> motherfucker, this is the last command. God damn it. <laughs> Okay, so I wanted to ask you a couple of questions, and, and Bring it, bro. One, of the, one of them is a question that I I got into a discussion with somebody on Reddit today. Um, uh oh. No, it was a good discussion. It oh was, right, right, okay. And it was only it was only a couple of quick like back and forths, right? And this person asked me, 
how do you like the way Thrawn was portrayed in the comics as compared to the novels? And, and this person had said that, you know, Thrawn seems quicker to anger and he seems to kind of be cowed a little bit when it comes to Spouth. And, and in the comics, you mean in the, in the comics versus the novels. Yeah. How do you feel about Thrawn as he is portrayed here <laughs> versus in the, in the books? So I, one thing I do remember from, you know, however long ago it was like 15, 16 years ago that I read the books mm-hmm. was like, I remember Thrawn feeling more, I was more intimidated by Thrawn in the novels than I was in the comics, I think. And part of that, I think, was there's the novels have more time to share things yeah. with you. Yep. Right. Agreed. Whereas in this, in the, both in the whole like eighteen issue of all three of these novels, eighteen issue comics that that cover them, there is not enough of Thrawn succeeding in grand ways to paint him as intimidating as the novels make him to be i think right. yeah you know what i mean yeah i can i could yeah like I, th- I think because he's always like in these graphic novels he's more like he's kind of more like well this last thing failed but it's okay because we can do blah 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 right but i think there's i don't, I don't remember all the details from the novels but sure i think i think there you get i think you at least get a sense either descriptively or in plot that thrawn is like way more dangerous as an admiral, as a battle commander, then he kind of winds up being yeah. in, the, in these comics. You know? I th- yeah, I think we have the benefit of getting a lot more of the backstory yeah. on in those novels yeah. Versus, yeah. versus what we get here. And again, I think that has to do with, like we talked about this before, that Mike Barron only has six issues to yeah, cram like, all this stuff into. He's got to pick and choose what he's going to pull out of it that. It is kudos to anybody who take, tackles this kind of thing because yeah. it's a challenge. yeah. But but yeah, but I do think I do think the Thrawn, I think the novels you walk away from the novels with a little more like, ooh, Thrawn, he's cool and dangerous. Right. You know? right. Yeah. Is that what you thought too? Is that Yeah. I think he's fairly accurately portrayed, but again, with him having to cut so much of it, I think a lot of his characterization gets cut. I think and and, and by that I mean like we're stripped down to the bare minimum here as far yeah. as his characterization, yeah. military, he's a tactician and he's an art lover. I mean, those are, those are the main mm. character yeah. moments that we get for him. We don't get like how in the novels, it talks about how he came up in an, in an empire that, that doesn't like uh, aliens. That doesn't oh, yeah. Yeah. have like, you know, the, that that's not really uh, that's not really a beat that we get in this series. If, if I'm remembering correctly. And yeah. And, and so we don't get a lot of that. We don't get a lot of like him reflecting on stuff it's a lot of reacting yeah. to stuff. yeah i think a lot of that has to go by the wayside with given that it's only six issues if we like we talked about before if we doubled it to 12 issues which i would totally be down to read i like, would let, too let mike make let mike baron do like a director's cut of these and like redo the whole damn thing yeah just like do the whole do the whole story like 12 issues and put as much in there as you need and go for it you know yeah i would be into that but I, I just want to give that user a uh, a shout out. Uh, is user U two Coop U two C O O P on Reddit gave me the idea for that question. Nice. That was that's that's good stuff. That was a that's a fairly yeah. That I mean that's that, a good that question. made me think. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. So the, uh, I want to tack on to that here. Are you satisfied with the end of Thrawn? Like how he comes to an end? I mean, he, you know, he's assassinated by these people that he's enslaved and used for, you know, forever. How did you feel about him going down like that? Because we do, we did talk about this. We talked about him being, you know, a great villain, possibly one of the greatest villains in Star mm-hmm. Wars history. And is this a way for a great villain to go out? You know, I think it worked. And I think it worked because he was relatively so where it would have it would have been even better if I was a Nogri warrior. Mm-hmm. It would have been even better if upon the first sight of him on their planet he was killed. Right? For uh, for sure. the Nogri people that would have been better. Right. 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 Better, better for that stuff. Mm-hmm. But for the purposes of like an interesting story, I'm glad that part of part of his end was also a military 
defeat of some kind. Right. And it sort of dovetailed with Kabouth meeting his end too. Mm-hmm. And that stuff. It made for, it made for a great, I, 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 I liked it. I think it made for a great, it still gave the Nogri people their, their taste of like sort of their rightful vengeance, but still let us, let, let us develop the idea that like the new Republic can, it has, is a thing that has legs. Right. Because they can come together and, and, and fight things off too. Yeah. In other words, Absolutely. if, if Thrawn was like on the fucking death march and he was going to win everything and then this like little Nogri guy killed him. Yeah. That would feel too. Oh, that would too feel easy. That'd be, that'd be, just, that'd enough. be, that'd be, yeah. It'd be just an accident then. Yeah. Yeah. That, that the empire got defeated again. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So I, I think mm-hmm. it works really well. I think actually, you know what? Kudos again to Timothy Zahn for yeah. for bringing together both the the satisfyingness of like the New Republic coming together, but also like giving an enslaved people their justified vengeance against yeah. their their enslavers. Yeah, I like I, I loved it. I thought it was great. I, I always like the way that he he kind of bites it in the end. Yeah, like you said, it 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 pairs it pairs really well with the military defeat because he's defeated now on two different levels as the, as the slave owner and as the military master. So he's, he's defeated on two different, two different arenas at the mm. same time or pretty, yeah. pretty damn close to the same time. And I just love the, I love the way that they did the, the art in this, this particular sequence. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're coming from, it was it Peleon, or Pelion that's, that's yeah yep. he kind of slashed on the throat and he looks back and there's a red spot on yeah. on uh, on Thrawn and then yep. the light just literally goes out of his eye yeah yeah and, uh, yeah I, I love that I really did like that a lot made for it made for good cinematics and I you know and I again I I go back to I wish that this had been I wish that this had been the template on which they had based the uh, the sequel movies yeah yeah for sure. But anyway, so I have I have a relatively big question for you. Oh shit! I love big questions. Go for it. So, and this encompasses what we just did, but also, and I can't remember if I've asked you this before or not. But like our process in this podcast as a whole, mm-hmm. so all of the things that we've talked about and gone through and done, yeah. What are the things that are fresh now for you, or different than before? Like, what's has has us going through this changed Star Wars for you? And, yeah, hell yeah. And in what yep. ways? So yeah. tell tell us about that. Well, Please tell the tell the audience how you feel. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so I I have been able to get a new appreciation for certain things. Like mm-hmm. I've experienced I've I've gotten so far I've gotten to read stuff that I hadn't read before, like all yeah. of the Tales of the Jedi. Yep. Yeah, I had never gotten a chance to read that before. I had heard some of those names. Yeah, yeah. It it kind of revamped what I knew. Uh, it 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 was like a little refresh for what I knew of the history of the Jedi in the expanded universe, at least. Yeah, yeah. More more recently, the idea that that now I have a different definition for what the last command is. So for <laughs> that, <laughs> mine fucking just blown. <laughs> in our discussions, I think. One of the things that I really love is that we're always kind of redefining the force and what it means to be a Jedi. And yeah. we're, we're on this yeah. path trying to search for what it means to be a Jedi, what it means to be a Sith, what the force is. And I think the force is very integral to Star Wars. And I like when we, when we depart from it too, yeah. right? I think what I've gotten from the non-force, non-Jedi stuff is I've gotten a new understanding of who Han Solo is as a character. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, gotten a, I've gotten a broader idea of other things that are going on in the universe. Like we, droids are underserved. Chewbacca, I mean, we made it into a joke, but really, literally, Chewbacca is pretty underserved yep. as a character. Stuff like that. And, you know, we, like I said, we make jokes about it, but that's my way of coping with the fact that my favorite big furry walking rug isn't getting his comeuppance you know what i mean like isn't really a person sort of yeah uh, yeah he's not a person he's just basically a space dog just like they said he was at the beginning of the you know when when star wars first came out people were like hey there's a space dog in it you know (laughs) and and but okay well that that's really all he is he's been pigeonholed into the space dog thing yeah 
I think I think that this has kept Star Wars really fresh for me. Yeah. And kept me looking forward to what's next. Each week that we talk about this mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. I always want to know where we're going to go because it could be something that I've never experienced before and I could expand my knowledge of Star Wars. And, yeah. and Star Wars is to me like central to me as a as a as a as a pop culture consumer mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. star wars and comic books are like they form the infinity symbol between the <laughs> of my geekness of your geek of your geekhood geek. yeah my geekhood yeah <laughs> how about how about you like big question so one one thing that has become fresh to me that i didn't expect is even though i still think the prequel films are fucking trash (laughs) as, as pieces of art, I guess. Right. 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 (laughs) In terms of they're not quality writing and all that kind of stuff. Right. I really have come to love the intention of Anakin Skywalker's story. In other words, like you see the little bits and pieces of the films in their, in their fucked up way, trying to create, a character who's really got such a good heart. Mm-hmm. It's a good heart, a good kid, a good person. Yeah. And then constructing a, if handled better, a pretty valid reason to very seriously consider the dark side. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, and the reason I say that is because having seen all of these other things talk about the dark side and there's other ways that I also don't really like necessarily, mm-hmm. I, I have an, a better appreciation for what the prequels are trying to do. Sure. Even though they, taken in isolation, they fail utterly. Yeah. But the, taking them as drops in the bucket of the whole thing, I appreciate the, the thing going on there. Okay, so that, that's one thing. Sure. The other thing is, one thing I really love is that even even though I have, and and you too, we have we have little quibbles with like the Force or the Jedi or the Sith or any mm-hmm. sort of topic as we skip around and do the things. I do really feel like we are taking the quibbles out of that and making our own thing of, of our geekness about star Wars. And I just, man, I, just, I love that so much. Yeah. The, another thing is that I come away, especially after seeing the solo movie mm-hmm. and the, the Han Solo novel. And then some of the stuff that happens in these, in these books or the comic adaptations yeah. of the books. Yeah. I really love the rogue smuggler kind of character in star Wars a lot more than I did. Not that I didn't like Han Solo. I loved Han Solo before, of course, but I have so much more appreciation for what's going on there and for, for still making good stories, even if you're not like doing the force and destiny and Mm -hmm. whatever else, like you can still do interesting things, even if you're not doing how powerful is this person in the force kinds of things. Right. Yeah. One of the things I really would want to do. So I know I've asked this before. Did our episode about when we read those short stories from the 40th anniversary mm-hmm. thing? Did we? Did that episode get published? Did we lose that one? Yeah. It no, did. that was. Okay. I think that was our first one actually. Okay. Happened. Okay. That wasn't one of the uh, the many lost episodes. The lost episodes. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, man! If one day, one day we could one day lost episodes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they're on some backups hard drive at Skype somewhere at Microsoft, right? But we can't get them anymore because like, Skype holds those recordings, right? For yeah. like 30 days or whatever, but we didn't download them in time or I don't know, whatever right. it was. Right. But the perspective tweaks and changes that I got from even just those short stories in, in universe yeah. were so amazing to me. Yeah. That, that like because we we've, we've been trying to figure out where we're going to go next. We we talked right. about it before we started recording this episode. Yeah. And we and we said let's let's wait till the episode happens. Right. <laughs> but but what's 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 organically happening for me now is like all of a sudden I'm like I want to eat some more of those little nuggets of like kooky weirdo things. Okay. From that from that for even probably from that same book. Even, you want to you want to go back to the 40th? Should we go uh, to that I kind of want to go back to that book and cool pick and pick like three more things at random from there. Cause we did, I think we did three, right? We did. We did three, three or four. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Three of them. Yep. Dude. And because that book has tons of those stories. 40. In fact, 
Four, okay. <laughs> hey, hey, look at that. Nicely done, Paul. Um, the, <laughs> so uh, that is my pitch to you. Is that that's we, what you want to do? Okay. That's that's my pitch. But now, okay. My uh, that I I'm not married to that. Obviously, I, I would also love to do more game stuff. More okay. Um, and I would also love to do. It's getting to be about time for me to do Rogue One, also. Oh, because yeah. I haven't seen that film yet, right? So, yeah. so between between Rogue One, maybe a fresh game, and that 40th anniversary thing, those are my that's that's the tray I offer to you of things I'm thinking about. Okay, I, I like I like those options too. Uh, the one thing that I was thinking about is is the Thrawn aspect. How much we both mm-hmm. admire Thrawn, we yeah. could go and watch like core episodes of Rebels which have thrown have thrown right but i don't know what those episodes would be we'd have to we'd have yeah. to research that and figure that out what i do like is is the idea of you watching rogue one right because there's several things in that movie several ideas that are thrown around in that movie that kind of expand on stuff we've talked things, about stuff that we've talked yeah. about stuff that stuff that you literally just said about like the rogue character and how the force and how that works and all that I want to jump back and, and kind of continue to answer your big question with one other thing. And that is that for me, the force had always been about destiny mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. force had always been tied to the idea that, you know, Luke was, you know, going to Luke saved his father and he, you know, and he brought balance and all this other stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. But now I have this idea of the, the force as a tool and the force as a layman's or not layman's, but in in terms of like a a destiny versus Mm -hmm. non-destiny that's what I mean by layman and it's kind of layman's hands, right? Like the idea of the force it, even in the, the force in hands of people that aren't Jedi. Right. Right. So I, I kind of love the idea of going and doing rogue one. And I kind of love the idea of going back to, the 40th anniversary set mm-hmm. of stories. Mm-hmm. So out of those two, which would you rather do next? And then we could, you know, see where we go from there. Here's what I'm going to do. You Live. I'm literally here. Look, here's a coin right here. <laughs> here, the, the cameras. Yeah, I see it. There's a heads right? there. Make yeah, sure it's so got a tail. Too. Here's what we're going to do. Not heads, a double headed coin. Right? It's a quarter and the head okay. is George Washington, obviously. Uh, right. And the tails is Colorado. It's one of those state ones, you know? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to say heads is Rogue One. Okay. And tails is 40th whatever, whatever. Right? Okay. I'm going to let the force decide. So ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, live on this podcast, although not live for you because it's edited and not live. Not live. But, it is not you know. live. It is Film before a studio audience and then edited and put together and stuff. Dude, we need um, a fucking laugh track. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> that would be, and we should choose all the wrong times for it to be. Yes, funny. yes, perfect. Like, let's do it. All of those times were not funny, which I'm in. probably to most people is all of the times, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's face it, we're only funny to each other. We're only <laughs> funny to each other, I know. And ourselves. So that's how it goes. Yeah. Um, okay, but anyway, so like I said, Heads is, what did I say? Heads is Rogue One? I don't remember. But we'll say what it is now. So Heads is Rogue One, yeah. Tails is um, <laughs> 40th anniversary. 40th anniversary stuff. Stories. So here's the flip. Here it goes. It is Heads. The Which one was that? Has decided Rogue One. Rogue One, okay, yeah. Is our next I, thing. As you were flipping it, I literally forgot <laughs> which one was which. I'm glad you remember what are, which one. What are we, a couple fucking goldfish here? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I might be. You never know. <laughs> All right. So, well, that's uh, it then. The force got, dude, like the force kind of just put the clothes on our episode, I think, right? I think it did. I think it yeah. did. You're, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to next time we do this. This will be good. Until then, thanks everyone. Yeah, We're signing off. Yep. Bye. I, you can't, they can't see me do the little thing. I don't know why I did a little like, <laughs> I did a little like salute. You did like, a salute to the, like, hey, to, thanks, to the listener. listener. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Great Disturbances. If you enjoyed our show, please leave us a review on iTunes, Podbean, or any of your favorite podcast apps. 
You can find us on Facebook by searching for at Great Disturbances, and on Twitter at G Disturbances. See you later!